0: Welcome to Talks with Terry. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Talks with Terry Spooky Edition. As always, I am Terry, and today I thought we would take a little dive into what exactly is horror. Of course, it is October, it is the Halloween season, and so it is the time of year when many people of many different walks of life begin to revisit the spookier side of art itself of our popular culture, and dive in to various different avenues of the horror genre. Whether it is in movies, whether it is in TV, books, video games, all of it. It is, it's the time that we all get to sort of indulge in it. Some people more than others, some people are not fans of the horror stuff, and they tend to sort of duck their heads and wait till the Christmas season comes along, others, they just can't get enough of it. They even watch stuff outside of uh, the normal spooky months of uh, fall or winter or anything, and they're more year-round horror fans, and it's a loving spectrum, but as Halloween draws near many people, uh, be, of those, uh, both those different backgrounds tend to come together and sort of share their interest in these uh, macabre and dark tales that we tell. And so I wanted to do something, uh, not, not really focusing too much on one thing or another. Um, I wanted to look at sort of the, the different genres, the different types of horror that we see out there in media specifically and sort of break them down um, not go too deep into sort of the the history behind them, but I do think there uh, there is interesting history within each little genre or subgenre of horror that we could go into. Um, and so I I would just le- love to talk about it, and hopefully you guys would enjoy uh, hearing some of this stuff as well. So I'll kind of go down this little list that I have here of the different subgenres. Um, and I will uh, I'll also try and um, uh, give some of my own examples of some of the stuff that I've seen. Uh, it'll be a bit tricky for me just because my memory is not too great on uh, some of the details of the stuff I've seen and where exactly the the greater horror community would put them in the sh- subgenres and uh we've seen a lot of blending of genres lately too in some uh in some of these uh horror movies that have come out in recent years um and the list I'm coming off of the reason I'm gonna give I'm gonna try to give some of my own examples um is because this list seems a bit dated it seems it uh it goes as recently as maybe 2014 or 2015 as far as uh uh, movie titles, and I know there are, uh, there have been obviously a lot of other movies since then uh, from the horror genre that, that we've seen that sort of uh, are part of these subgenres, but also not. And so uh, I'll do my best to sort of add that in there. Um, I also might be sprinkling in some uh, video game knowledge of myself that I have. I'm not a huge fan of horror video games. Uh, partly because I'm a bit of a scaredy cat when it comes to, but uh, also partly um, so it's very hard for me to find a horror game uh, that I um, that I enjoy playing and that uh, really uh, can keep me throughout the whole experience because a lot of horror games, especially in these more modern times, are very reliant on uh, jump scares and just kind of startling you and then uh, sort of leading you on that way instead of making a more uh, well-rounded experience of it so um, so yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk about all of that as well so without further ado I guess we can just get started here um, so first one thing I kinda wanna bring up and I keep seeing this post every now and then it's supposed it comes from Tumblr um, that someone uh, lovingly put out and I, I really found it interesting in that uh, it's a bit of an older sort of distinction. Uh, it comes more from, uh, I guess, Gothic literature. Uh, it's more of a Gothic definition of what exactly is the differences between sort of uh, terror and horror, uh, just as, just as emotions or how they tie into fear and things like that. And the way they sort of explain it, they sort of explain it, is that terror is the uh, sense of uh, sort of the sense of anticipation, the sense of dread that comes before something scary happens. It's the build up to whatever the the climactic terrifying thing uh, really is. So you can think of it, you can think of the terror as in slasher movies when. Uh, there's the big chase scenes, uh, where one character is running away from the, the masked killer, um, and, you know, trying to escape, and, uh, right before they either get away or they, uh, or they get killed, whatever it may be, that's sort of where the terror comes in, is the, the anticipation of something coming up, whereas horror is more about the, the the melancholy and the dread uh, that has come after something has happened and the way you can sort of think of it are uh is in the aftermath of uh certain events in the uh certain events in a horror story or obviously at the ending of the horror story and sort of the aftermath of everything that goes on so one example can be in the film Alien, uh, where uh, there is the, the crew gets horrified when the, the xenomorph, the alien, first pops out of uh, the character's chest uh, and scurries away. Um, all of a sudden, there is horror in that, because now uh, you have this alien creature on the loose... And for, for the rest of the movie, it's this back and forth of terror and horror as uh, we are waiting to see uh, what the alien will do next and uh, how it will begin to slowly pick off members of the crew. And then, of course, there's uh, there are elements of the horror at the end with, um, uh, with what happens to Ripley at the end of uh, the original alien um, and you know where the alien has gone and uh how that will sort of follow her uh the horror can also come from a slasher movie where it turns out the slasher isn't dead and they didn't they never found his body or we see him move or something so anyway that's kind of the, the the distinction between the two the terran horror and i thought that was just kind of an interesting thing to bring up but um, let's jump right into sort of our first thing, uh, our first subgenres of uh, horror. Um, and just by the way, I'm getting a lot of these. Uh, f- I'm getting a lot of these from a uh, a wonderful list made uh, on PopcornHorror.com uh, that goes over the different genres of um, horror and of horror genres and subgenres um mainly talking about uh movies as well um, but it is uh but I think we can also tie in uh some books, video games and other things uh with this. So we'll kind of uh go and try to break these all down for you and talk about them a little bit. So the first one is probably one of the more popular ones when it comes to talking about horror. It is the slasher killer horror style. You know, it's a film that features a killer, whether they are natural or supernatural, um, and they, for some reason, are going after uh, people or groups of people, and, you know, the gang must find out how to survive them. And so this was popularized a lot in the uh, the early 80s and has continued on you know into the modern day and this is where we get a lot of our big named horror movie villains uh we get halloween with michael myers we get friday the 13th with freddy krueger we get uh, a nightmare on elm street uh or no sorry (laughs) a big faux pas there uh friday the 13th that is with jason um uh a nightmare on elm street that is with freddy krueger and then uh, later on, we get films like Scream, uh, which uh, have the uh, which have the two killers in them, which uh, was a sort of uh, almost groundbreaking uh, reveal at the time. And so, yeah, it's it's a lot of killer genre. And as we go through, you'll see that uh, there is a lot of subgenre and differences in um, sort of uh, these genres that you know, you can kind of put these in. So for example, like, um, A Nightmare on Elm Street with Freddy Krueger, that one can kind of be brought a little bit into maybe a little psychological horror, you know, because a lot of it does take place in dreams and stuff, but it does definitely jump into the supernatural because that is how Freddy Krueger operates very much on a supernatural plane. Um, but the classic slasher, that is stuff we see time and time again. Every now and then they still kind of bring it back, uh, in the horror movie sense. Uh, we've had the remakes of, or the remakes or the recontinuings of the Halloween franchise that, uh, have come out in the recent years. I know there is, um, uh, I know there's a new Halloween movie coming out this month, I believe, uh, that I think is going to try to end the story of Michael Myers maybe we'll see um, but yeah that's very uh, it's a very interesting one there um, moving on there is uh, this interesting genre uh, it's called crime and it's there's also another one called uh, giallo uh, it's a subgenre, and it's the closest to a thriller movie that horror movies get Mainly because they follow stories of a certain crime or criminal that the uh, that a police officer is trying to follow. Um, Giallo, that's an Italian, um, that's an Italian term, that's an Italian genre. It uh, it more describes the waves. It and more describes a wave of horror crime movies that became really popular um, in Italy in the 80s. Uh, with films from directors like Mario Baba and Dario Argento um, and really what differentiates these from other uh, from classic horror movies or classic crime movies rather is that there's a lot of depictions of of death like uh, like really up close and personal. Um, and so you have titles, you have movie titles in here like the girl who knew too much, or the bird with the crystal plumage, or Don't Torture a Duckling, and Deep Red, which I I, I think I've only heard of the girl who knew too much. I don't know uh, too much about these uh, these movies specifically, but I'm sure they're I'm sure they're very good. Um, if I had to. If I had to give my own little example it's a bit more recent, I would say the movie Seven um, that had Morgan Freeman in it, I believe that one can also be put a little bit under this uh, crime and giallo uh, sort of sphere uh, simply because uh, you do see a lot of the the gruesomeness of the victims uh, from the uh, main villain in there. Um, And the whole thing is centered around the two main characters who are police detectives investigating it. So I think you can throw Seven in here as well. Um, Part of me wants to say you might be able to throw Silence of of the Lambs in there as well. Because again, it does center a lot on the investigation in between Jodie Foster's character and uh, the the Buffalo Bill main villain but also with Hannibal Lecter in there um, that's where you get sort of the more gruesome stuff and um, so you might be able to put that uh, you might be able to put Silence of the Lambs in crime uh, in crime horror as well but some purists or whatever might put it in a different spot so uh, moving on down there is this interesting little sh- subgenre that they just call the bumpkin and redneck genre. And uh, the, this was really big. Uh, this was really big in, uh, it looks like sort of the 70s, but also in the early 2000s. It, it says it's here, it's an unofficial subgenre, but it kind of plays on the myth that there are these characters in these backwood remote countryside areas and everyone there is uh they're just a bunch of families of sort of inbred uh freaks and maniacs who don't take kindly to outsiders and uh will murder and kill and eat anyone uh who comes near them so uh this this genre became really famous with the success of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Obviously, uh, Leatherface uh, and his family are sort of you know the the out there rural family that does horrible things to people they catch. Um, there uh, there are other stuff that kind of comes out of this. There's the there's the movies The Hills Have Eyes, which I've heard of, but never actually gotten to see any of them and i hear that there were like i think remakes and sequels of the hill of that just didn't do too well um there's also they list here things like wrong turn and wolf creek um which are out there uh i can't think too much about any recent stuff that has come out um the closest i can kind of get it's kind of a cheat here because you can say a lot from this movie. Uh, it, it's the, the horror movie Cabin in the Woods uh, that was sort of a more meta horror movie going into the the cliches and the tropes of uh, the horror movie genre. And that one kind of plays off this whole remote setting where these, uh, you know, zombie redneck family comes and tries to kill all of these uh, promiscuous young adults or teenagers or whatever, even though it's all, uh, even though it's all kind of a stage thing by this shadowy government thing. But that's kind of a, a, a little bit of an example, uh, in a more modern sense, I guess. I can't really think of too many more modern examples, uh, of it. Um, if we're talking in the video game sense, uh, one of the more, there, there are some examples there, but one of the more recent examples that I could give for this um, is from uh, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, uh, which came out a couple of years ago and sort of kick, re, reignited the love for the Resident Evil series. Um, that one, it, that one I, I'll talk about it a bit more later, uh, maybe, or I might do a separate episode this month that, uh, delves into more horror video games. Uh, but that one's great because it drew a lot of, um, it drew a lot of, uh, sort of inspiration from various different, uh, horror genres. Um, and you see it in the characters that make it up, but it is about a family in this remote part, um, this remote part of, uh, of America. Where no one's seen them in a while. They're very rural out of there. No one will ever, you know, find them uh, kind of thing. And that that's a lot where the horror kind of kicks off. Um, so, and I think you can put them in sort of that bumpkin redneck kind of feel. But you can put, uh, again, because of the nature of that game, you could put it in a bunch of different stuff, which I will bring up. But that's kind of my little example um, next is another kind of popular um, horror thing that we have seen a lot uh, in recent years as well. It is the home invasion and survival subgenre, where, of course, it's all about a villainous force or a killer or something that invades someone's home and starts murdering everybody. And again, that has that is a lot of examples that you can throw in there. Uh, the examples they give are Them, and Inside, and The Strangers, and your are Next. Um, another example that I can think of is the very first Purge movie, um, because that one is very small and localized and takes place inside of a house, um, even though, you know, some people might not call it uh, a true horror movie, but that would be my guess as to what... Um, uh is it a good example of what a home invasion uh sort of subgenre would be uh, for a more modern movie setting. Uh then we get into the monsters and creatures which are as classic as horror gets um starting, you know, as early as the 1930s um and coming from and you know, this goes back to the beginnings of horror with Mary Shelley's like Frankenstein or uh uh, you know Bram Stoker's Dracula and Nosferatu, things like that. And you know there are a, there are various different versions of monsters and creature movies that you can find. Obviously, you have the classics like Frankenstein and uh, the Mummy, the one from the '30s where the main villain is an actual mummy. Uh, there's also there's also things like Leprechaun and Troll Hunter. And usually these classic monsters are based off of something mythological or from early literature kind of thing. That's kind of what makes them uh, classical. Um, Next you have uh, what this article calls uh, neo-monsters or sort of the newer monsters. These are stuff where they're not really from mythology or anything. They're sort of monsters made for the genre and built out of the genre, Um, and they're very unique in that sense. So you have uh, creatures like Pumpkinhead, uh, there's Tremors with the the little worms, whatever they're called. I think they're called like Graboids or something. Then there's like Feast and The Host and everything, and so it's very... It's very creature-esque um i would say you also might be able to throw the thing in there even though some people would throw that into either a sci-fi horror or body horror kind of genre but i think you could also throw the thing in there into the neo-monster thing and then there's also this other little subgenre that some fans kind of have it's mainly reserved for small creatures and there are a lot of horror movies that sort of revolve around having Uh, small creatures do it Um, there. And, you know, I think it all kind of became popularized with gremlins in 1984. Um, And at least there, you know, and at least that's what this article has um, as being one of the earlier versions of small creatures. Um, But, you know, there are others that kind of come off it, like ghoulies and critters and trolls. And, you know, a lot of them just stem from these tiny little creatures that are evil or turn evil and sort of wreak havoc on people, which I think is interesting. Um, Then we get into the sci-fi monsters and aliens again. That's where you'd probably put the thing if you were going to put it on the list. Um, that is where you could also put aliens, the alien franchise, on there uh, with the xenomorphs. Um, in a way, I guess you could throw Predator in there as well, um, just because uh, it is a. That's I guess it's more of a sci-fi horror, but it's it's really a it's sci-fi alien horror uh, with the uh, the monster being uh, the Predator. Uh, that goes after Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, and so yeah, it, it's very it's very tied in the sci-fi genre with things like aliens or futuristic beings, something from the stars, uh, that kind of thing. And then uh, on a grander scale, there are the giant monster genre. Um, that you can see in a lot of different monster movies. I think people mostly just call them monster movies. They don't really call them horror movies. And I think very few of these giant monster movies are kind of classified in a horror sense. They have Cloverfield on here from 2008, which I think is a bit more of a horror movie. Um, But they also have things like the older King Kong and Godzilla An Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, you know, that stuff from the 50s and 60s. And, you know, even when I look back at them, I don't really see them in a horror movie sense. Uh, I see it's more of a a, a destructive uh, sort of thriller sense. Um, And it's funny that, you know, things like King Kong and Godzilla are on here because even though they were born out of this sort of more you know horrific background of you know the the thing from the things from the farthest reaches of the unknown that show up and uh, destroy our our modern cities and our modern way of life uh, have sort of turned into these like hero anti-hero kind of things whereas you know Godzilla's like a good guy like everyone loves Godzilla and he's seen as like a protector of everybody um And, you know, you see and th- all the spinoffs that come from people like Godzilla or Gamera and, you know, even in the new King Kong, like King Kong isn't this n- isn't this negative, horrific force that seeks to, you know, scare a bunch of people or uh, take them all down. I'd say, he, you know, he's uh, he's uh, he's a lot more lovable than most and sort of just. This misunderstood creature that wants to be left alone in his neck of the woods. Um, I guess in some way you might be able to throw in, uh, parts of Jurassic Park in here, although some people would probably call that more of a thriller. Although that kitchen scene with the velociraptors in the first one is pretty horrific. Um, But yeah, the giant monster one is very interesting. I'd definitely say Cloverfield's up there. As far as the other ones, I'm not too much. I think The Mist has a bit of a giant monster thing to it, uh, which works really well. Um, Other than that, I can't think of too many that are specifically giant monster. Most of the time when it's something giant, uh, I think of more sci-fi, really, uh, like the War of the Worlds movie, the one with, what is it, Tom Cruise in it. Uh, I Because I think that one can be most... I think a lot of alien stuff is when you get into the bigger sort of monster things when it comes to horror. Um, then we hit to the nature and animal genre, which is really interesting because it really plays on the whole man versus nature kind of thing. But they also put the sort of cheesy horror twist as in There's some malevolent force that causes nature to become hyperly violent towards humans. Um, And so we get things like the birds, which I think was uh, based off Alfred Hitchcock uh, or made by Alfred Hitchcock. Um, There's Jaws, of course, with a big shark going after people um, and all the, you know, all the ripoffs that came after Jaws. There's Piranha, which I've heard of. I'm not too familiar with it. Uh, and Cujo, which is, of course, based off the Stephen King book, um, which I've seen a little bit of, and it is, uh, you know, it is a good one. And so, yeah, it's it's stuff that's very much grounded in reality. The reasoning as to why this stuff goes after humans or starts killing humans gets a little weird, uh, but it is natural forces uh, that go after people. And the closest I can think of... As far as natural stuff goes, huh, it's really tough. I feel like we haven't had a good one in a while. I don't know why. The only one that's in my head is The Happening by M. Night Shyamalan, but that one was weird because you couldn't really tell what the force was if it was mass, if it was mass hysteria, if it was the plants forcing people to to die or something or the wind that people have. It's very strange. Um, so that that's kind of a weird one on there. I can't think of too many natural ones. I guess The Shallows is one, I think, about that surfer chick who uh, gets attacked by a shark and has to deal with it by herself. That's a bit more of a recent one. Um, there is, what is it? What is it? Uh, the Liam Neeson one, the Gray, I think, where Liam Neeson and a bunch of people get stranded in the wilderness. Um, that's that's more traditional man versus nature, but they do get hounded at by uh, by a big pack of wolves, and so that that you might be able to throw that into the nature genre. Um, speaking of wolves, the next one they put in their whole other category, which is the werewolf genre. Um, these next two ones are honestly just the two big classic uh, movie monsters. There's werewolves and then there's vampires. Um, and the werewolves, they have a bunch of old ones. They have the wolfman and the howling and American werewolf and dog soldiers, which I've never heard of. Um, But you haven't really seen too many werewolves, I think, in modern times. The only one I can really think of was, oh god, the Underworld movie series where it becomes like a vampire versus werewolf kind of thing. Um, But that one's a bit more of an action thriller instead of a horror. And I guess you hear Twilight, but again, that's not really horror-based um, so yeah, I guess you really, we haven't seen too many, uh, werewolf stuff in recent years, which are, I could be wrong, but I'm not really up to date on, uh, what we do have. Uh, and then of course there's the vampire stuff based off of the old movies like Nosferatu and Bram Stoker's Dracula. And, you know, we've had vampire movies for a while now. Um, there's also stuff like Fright Night and 30 Days of Night, um, and other things in the vampire genre. Again, I, you could, I guess you would throw Twilight, but again, it's not a horror movie. It's just, it's more of a, a romance movie or a drama sort of movie with vampires and werewolves in it. So I don't think we can really put it in there. Um, I will say, uh, the book, Um, Salem's Lot by Stephen King. Again, I'm kind of a Stephen King nerd. Uh, The book does a pretty good job uh, of making a vampire story. Very traditional, follows a lot of the old traditions in there. Uh, And it's a very good read. I highly recommend Salem's Lot in there. Um, And, you know, you can find examples of vampires anywhere. Uh, Another big one that uh, we, you know, as moviegoers love to see is zombies and viruses, Uh, but especially zombies, uh, that's where you get great uh, people like George A. Romero directing, you get things like Night of the Living Dead, Let Sleeping Corpses Lie, Dawn of the Dead, uh, Zombie. Uh, you can go into more of the comedy way with uh, Zombie Land. That's a uh, that's a nice little uh, movie set right there. Um, with the second one that came out just a couple of years ago, um, and then there are there are a few others. Funny enough, zombies are used a lot in the sort of horror comedy or even horror romance, uh, and the horror romance stuff where there everything centers around kind of a romantic story. Uh, there was the, there's the movie Warm Bodies that was sort of a Romeo and Juliet kind of ripoff, uh, with the Romeo character being a zombie, um, which it was kind of a fun, cute, dumb little movie. Uh, but yeah, zombies have been around a while and yeah, we all see them. Uh, Another great example that has come from recent years has been World War Z, that has been a really good look at uh, zombies. Um, I guess you can also say I Am Legend. I don't know if you'd call those creatures zombies specifically, they kind of behave like them a little bit, but you know, you, you can look up a zombie movie and you will find thousands of them because it's very popular. Uh, virus movies, they're very interesting because they, they're they sort of like zombie movies, but a lot of times these particular movies are of this concept where it's some sort of viral thing uh, that goes around and infects people and it ends up killing them uh, one way or another, uh, and it usually... Uh, I would put this in more of the biological horror kind of thing where the the horror comes from something that it's a living creature. It is biological or it is a biological thing that is man-made um, in a lab, but it's not necessarily zombie stuff. This, going back to the Resident Evil thing, Resident Evil is very much set in the biological horror because... Every, because everything that kind of creates their version of zombies or whatever is not a sort of zombie plague or zombie thing. It, it's something that's just called like a virus, you know, that's like the T-virus or something where the strain can force people to, you know, sort of become mindless zombie characters or zombie creatures uh, that just want to eat human flesh or whatever. Um, but there's, you know, other things. There's movies like Shivers and 28 Weeks Later and Pool or, you know, The Signal. And I think really it's just this idea of something that can, like, be spread and infect people and cause them to die or either kill each other, which I guess if we're talking about it, sort of the, the best way to explain it uh, would be um, Bird Box. Uh, that movie um, that came out a couple of years ago, I guess. That was a good example of it because even though there were creatures, necess- they were basically creatures who were sort of said to be the reason behind it, uh, It was very viral in that uh, it would infect people and you know, they would go to uh, kill others or make others see uh, that kind of thing. Uh, which was very um, which a very interesting uh, concept, I guess. Uh, then we go into sort of the big baddie of uh, the horror movie genre, which is paranormal. That's where you get everything. You get Ghosts and Spirits, which, you know, you know what that's about. That's where you get movies like Poltergeist and the Frighteners. There's Chuan, which I've never heard of. That's probably Asian. Uh, and Mama, I have heard of that one um you can find tons of examples of that paranormal activity is also a good one um phew, there's so many uh insidious you can probably throw that in there as well um the conjuring that has a lot of haunting paranormal ghosts and stuff in it as well including some of the other stuff we will talk about um there's the haunted house kind of subgenre where uh, it Really, the haunting is tied to the house itself, not necessarily the things inside of the house. So you have the house on Haunted Hill, and then the haunting in 1408, and then, of course, the Amityville Horror, uh, which is an interesting story to go over. Um, and so, yeah, it's usually tied to, like, a big structure. And I'm just going to throw out there for my nostalgia, uh, there is a kids sort of Halloween movie uh, that always played on, like, Cartoon Network or something uh, called Monster House, which uh, which was a, a fun little sort of spooky, scary thing where uh, there was the house, you know, the house across the street was alive and it would, you know, start to, like, eat kids or something like that. It, it was fun. I, I remember watching that a ton. Um, so there's that. There's the possession genre that... Is usually when a ghost or a demon sort of possesses uh, a character and causes all sorts of spooky happenings of course that's where you get films like the exorcist then the exorcism of emily rose which is loosely based off of an actual exorcism that took place um which is also a fascinating story if you look it up uh, there's also the right and then a uh, possession um there is there's another one there's another movie I want to throw out that I did watch a while ago. Um, I it's kind of weird where you would put it. Uh, it's definitely supernatural. It's I'd say it's possession, um, but it's also a little bit of witchiness in it. It's called the Autopsy of Jane Doe. Um, it's a great little movie about uh a about two characters who work at a morgue. Um, and they, you know, they're all ready to leave, uh, for the weekend or whatever. And then a mysterious woman's body comes in who's, you know, just given the moniker Jane Doe and they, you know, need to do an autopsy on it right away. And as they progress, they find more and more strange happenings, Uh, about the person's body and it becomes more and more scary and haunted. And I recommend it definitely. Um, which is why it's weird for me to put it in either possession or witch stuff, but it's definitely a good supernatural, uh, genre thing. Uh, then there's one, there's devil and demons and hell, all the stuff that comes out of the satanic panic of, the 80s or whatever where you get stuff like the beyond and demons and prince of darkness and devil or whatever take your pick there's so much stuff out there that you know you can take from it um let's see one i don't see on here that i do want to shout out is the movie as above so below it's a good little one where uh, an archaeologist is trying to go deeper and deeper into the paris catacombs Uh, to try and find some sort of uh, treasure that was said to be down there, and the further people go down, it's uh, sort of implied that they end up going into hell, uh, which is uh, nice, I guess. It's a nice concept, and it is a very interesting movie, uh, and has a lot of good twists to it as well, Um, so I recommend uh, that, and I guarantee you can find tons of examples of movies involving demons or devils or anything like that then of course you got witches in the occult where you get uh black Saturday, suspiria the blair blair witch project which is a big one and then lord of salem all around you know crazy evil witches doing spells and stuff and then of course one of the more recent ones is a, is just called the witch um which is also a nice one out there it does a lot of uh, sort of small scares. It's a slow burn, but it's a good burn nonetheless. Um, there's big supernatural power ones. This one is sort of specific. It's usually centered around characters, like kids who have um, these supernatural or psychic powers, but they don't really know how to control it well, or they use it for nefarious purposes. Um, they have things like scanners and fire starter and dark touch, but the big one on here that I think most people know about is like Carrie, um, how she comes into her abilities and, uh, starts using them in more of a horror sense. Then we get the big psychological horror and thriller stuff. Um, it's very much, it's stuff that can kind of hit home for a lot of people and sticks with us for uh, for a lot of stuff, because it's so grounded in, in reality, um, and it's kind of based around reality in a lot of way, and so people can really uh, put themselves in these scenarios almost, and um, become freaked out about it, and then, you know, this is where we get, uh, this is where we get a whole bunch of different subgenres of things, uh, there's paranoia-induced in, things uh, where people's minds begin to play tricks on them, and that's where a lot of the the madness comes from. This is where movies like Psycho, Frailty, A Tale of Two Sisters in the Ward comes from. Um, there's phobias and isolation. Isolation especially is a good one. Um, this is where you get things like um, a movie called Frozen, but not the children's movie, um, 347 degrees Fahrenheit, never heard of that, I have heard of The Descent, which is, you know, a bunch of people getting spelunked, or going spelunking in caves, and kind of getting trapped down there, and then another one called Buried, which I think is very same, same thing, a lot of these play on, uh, phobias, a lot, especially claustrophobia, fear tight places, um, Another one in here that uh, I, I guess they just didn't put in there. There's a lot of Stephen King stuff I think you can put in the phobia and isolation. Um, but the big one, of course, is The Shining, the first one especially. Uh, that's, you know, when they're isolated up in the mountains, that's when things start getting kind of nutty. Even though there is a supernatural uh, aspect to The Shining as well. A lot of it is sort of uh, psychological in nature. Um, we talked about the home invasion and survival. I don't know why they had it twice. Uh, then we get into sort of the really darker parts of horror that I'm not a huge fan of. This is the splatter, exploitation, and gore stuff. I'm not going to talk too much about it, but obviously, if you're talking about horror, horror, you have to go into this stuff, and people do find it fascinating. But the horror in this is just the is just the shocking nature of you know what humans can do to each other. Um, it's weird that they split these up, but I guess there's uh, some there's uh, some version of the, there's splatter horror, which apparently emphasizes more gruesome scenes. Uh, Splatter films slightly differ from torture films by the fact that they use graphics and gory scenes within a story but it's not centered on the torture itself so you can have you know a big bloody mutilated corpse but you're not gonna get the scene of that corpse being mutilated there's a difference this is where you get movies like Blood Feast The Last House on the Left I Spit on Your Grave and Battle Royale um, which I've seen bits of Battle Royale, and I kind of get that one as well. Um, there's torture stuff, which obviously is about, uh, it, it centers around the torture of the victims in there. Um, there's stuff like the Guinea Pig series, uh, which I think is a Japanese made series, which apparently is really effed up. If you just want to, ruin a good chunk of your life or at least a week. Uh, you'd watch that stuff. Saw is probably the most popular one you'd find on here. Um, there's hostile, there's martyrs. Um, if I had to, if I had to throw in there, I've never seen this one, but from what I know about it, you could probably throw, um, Hellraiser in there. Uh, because apparently that one is, uh, centered around a lot of torture. Um, there's extreme stuff. Uh, these movies, they go further for torture and splatter, and they really make a point of showing the most disgusting and sick things that can exist. Uh, this goes into themes such. A, this is where a lot of like the 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 sexual stuff gets in there, um, like sexual assault, necrophilia, coprophilia, which I'm not going to talk about. Um, that kind of thing. These, this is where I, if you know these, you must be like a deep, deep horror fan. Uh, Necromantic, Dead Girl in a Serbian film. Um, yeah. And I think I've heard of Necromantic and that, just looking up the premise of it is, ugh, that'll mess you up. Then there's cannibal stuff that centers around the idea of just cannibalism in general. Uh, Man from the Deep River, The Last Cannibal World, Cannibal Holocaust, and Cannibal uh, Ferox. Um, not a fan. I'm not a fan personally. Um, and I guarantee you, you can find versions of cannibalism somewhere here and there uh, in modern film, but I don't think it's as popular as uh, sort of it used to be. And then there's sort of the other genres of horror that we talked about. There's the comedy horror that kind of is playful with it. Um, things like uh, the Evil Dead franchise, Shaun of the Dead, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, um, Little Shop of Horrors, that kind of thing. It's it's centered around the, the horror genre and their horror elements, but uh, a lot of it's a bit more playful uh, with it. There's obviously post apocalyptic and sci fi with Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Video Drome, Event Horizon, and Doomsday. And of course, these sort of center around um, this sort of impending disaster kind of thing. Uh, there's this one they throw in here called Teen Horror, which I think just uh, revolves around the cheesy teen actors and dangerous situations kind of things, which. Uh, you know, I'm sure we've all seen a terrible one here or there. There's the romance stuff, which has, you know, the horror stuff's kind of in the background or it's very dark kind of sounding things. Um, it's often linked to v- vampires because I guess they're very sensual some way or whatever. Um, this is, again, this is that, that movie Warm Bodies that I talked about, uh, the Romeo and Juliet Story, just you know, with one being a zombie, that kind of thing. That's where you get the more uh, romantic stuff. There's also movies like Near Dark, uh, Let the Right One In, and Thirst. Again, most of them are vampire related because people have put a lot of sensuality into the vampires in recent years, which I don't get, but who knows. Um, there's (laughs) I like this one because they just call it creepy kid horror, it's just any horror thing that involves the creep that involves creepy children. So there's the bad scene. There's the omen, uh, children of the corn, which is a great one. Uh, and then just 2008's the children, um, one kind of a cop out, uh, which can you, you can put in more of the creepy doll one is I think called the boy. Um, and it's, you know, it just centers around this creepy doll that you think is haunted through the whole time, um, but I guess you'd put that, I you could technically call it creepy kid one, I guess, but it's not actually a kid, it's a doll, um, so yeah, you'd probably put that more in the creepy doll with things like Chucky and Annabelle um, and a whole lot of others. There's gothic horror. Gothic horror is, uh, I, a lot of people kind of Try to they kind of just throw gothic in various places, but I think when you talk about gothic horror, it's um, it's very not only does it have a lot of horror elements, but it's very it's depressing. It's melancholy. It's melancholy. There's a bit of romance here and there, um, but it's it's the stuff that's really inspired by the the older. Sort of gothic writers like Edgar Allan Poe, um, and Mary Shelley, and Bram Stoker, and all of that. Um, and so, a lot of these are kind of set in 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 a, they're sort of period movies. They're set in specific older time frames. This is where you get things like The Woman in Black, Dracula, Interview with a Vampire, and Sleepy Hollow. Um, and you know, a lot again, a lot of people try to like really hone in on Gothic horror um, when really it's like it's a very specific subgenre um, that uh, that only a, a specific type of story can be put into. Um, there's body horror. It's just centered around the human body, and it's all about how the body sort of transforms or gets deformed or gets destroyed. Um, so it, you can throw a lot of the stuff we talked about in here, a lot of werewolf movies and monster movies where people transform into monsters, uh, can be thrown into the body horror, like an American werewolf in London, I guess, or the fly. There's a movie called Society I've never heard of. I've heard of Cabin Fever. I've never seen it. Um, (laughs) funny enough, my girlfriend and I were talking about this before I started recording and. Uh, She was like, you know, there's a little bit of body horror in Twilight. And I'm like, really? And then she kind of explained it to me. It's more of in the book instead of the movies. But I'm like, yeah, that is kind of fucked up. Um, But yeah. So I guess there's a little, I guess you could find little bits of it. But I think especially in the movies, they kind of wash it away and say, we're going to focus more on the the romance side of it. Yeah. if i were to say body horror there are a lot of them i would put the thing in here as well um you you know i mean it yes it is very sci-fi monster movie stuff but just the way that they are able to puppeteer uh what the thing what the thing is and how it moves and shakes and everything it it's very much body horror and very scary stuff um you can probably find a lot of body horror as well in, uh, in video games. There are a lot of good essences of body horror in that. The best one you'd probably find is the Dead Space series uh, because the necromorphs in there very much uh, embody the sort of body horror genre there. So definitely give that a look if you're interested Lovecraftian and King Horror. Now, I was gonna make this whole episode about Lovecraftian horror, but I kind of ran out of time, and I didn't know what to research, and I didn't know if I was gonna have enough, if I was gonna have enough thing for time. Uh, but anyway, these types of horror center around these two big offers. Lovecraftian horror, I kind of put in this idea of it's cosmic horror. It's, it's a, it's a horror that is so massive that you really can't wrap your whole brain around it it's not like you know the entity you're going on is not just a killer in a mask it is this much more bigger darker force that sort of surrounds uh surrounds this location surrounds the story king does uh stephen king does it very well too even though a lot of his stories has that evil force focused in a singular place you know, it's focused on Cujo, it's focused in, um, it's focused in, uh, Jack Torrance in The Shining, or at the Outlook Hotel, but, uh, but as you read all of his different stories, you see there's this miasma of darkness that goes around all of, uh, all of this stuff, and to where it's, it's this, just this, this being that seems to just exist in the world And it causes all of this horror. And H.P. Lovecraft was really good at doing this. And he made a lot of monsters and a lot of creatures uh, that sort of embodied this. Where just their influence over people was enough to drive them insane. And change and shift the world around them. The, The best one, of course, of Lovecraft that everyone knows is Cthulhu. Uh, one of you know the old ones that uh is said to you know sleep really deep down in the lowest pits of the ocean and you know but he's so powerful and his 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 existence is so crazy that anyone who gets close to i keep forgetting the the little town that a lot of um that a lot of hp lovecraft's stories are Uh, are put in I think it's Ismith or something Um, but but yeah when you go there there's the there's so much of these horrid things these horrid creatures or people that you see and that uh, but those are just the results of the existence of these of these beings and that's why people call it cosmic horror because it's First of all, a lot of that stuff is said to have come from space, especially in H.P. Lovecraft sort of uh sort of universe. A lot of that stuff has come from space and just come to Earth. Um but, you know, from from way way in the beginning. But anyway, it's it's such a force that is beyond just the Earth or just what we have made as uh, as as a people, as a consciousness, as a collective consciousness, um, that it, it it's a completely different ballpark in terms of horror. But anyway, that's the best that I can explain of of Lovecraftian horror and King horror, and more importantly, the cosmic horror that uh, puts it all in. But um, whew, I I went through a lot. I didn't think I've almost been talking for an hour, and I didn't think I'd get an hour out of myself today. But You know, thank you so much to PopcornHorror.com, whoever runs this site or, you know, made this list many, many times ago. Uh, Thank you so much for giving me this list and being able to talk about it. Um, Again, I'm not, like, the biggest horror fan compared to other people out there, but it does intrigue me a lot um, just to see, and a lot of the artistry and a lot of what people can come up with, you know, what things are in the darkest parts of people mind of people's minds and how do they how do they express that in in their media in their art um and you know those horror aspects have gone on to you know shape a lot of our popular culture and everything i think it's i think that's one of the reasons we had like those roving bands of killer clowns like in 2016 or something Um, I think it's why a lot of people go on to be like serial killers not everyone but some people can get influenced by that although funny enough I think if you listen to a bunch of true crime you'll actually find that it's not so much horror movies it's more of like more mundane stuff I guess you know some of them are like thrillers that might have a killer in them or something but it's usually stuff about like, you know, wannabe heroes or something like that. It's, it's very fascinating. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do have an appreciation for horror and the people who just, you know, cover themselves in it. Um, and I, I especially love things rooted in old legend, urban legend, mythology, uh, that kind of thing. It, it touches all these fun little, uh, nerdy, nerdy little clicks in me and in my brain. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really great. I'd love to hear from you guys what you like in terms of horror. Um, as for me, uh, there are a few, th- I'm, I'm just going to take this time to give out some of my recommendations for things you can watch. Um, if you are super into horror, um, it's been a while since I've seen a since I've seen a horror movie or one that's definitely uh, stuck with me. Um, I'd say uh, tr- uh, Train to Busan is a really good horror movie. It's a really good zombie outbreak um, sort of movie. Um, and it's it's a very interesting premise and it all takes place on a train and everything and there's a lot of good character development and stuff in there. Um, so i I definitely would say, Uh, Trained at Busan is a good one to uh, watch. Of course, any of the classics out there, whether it's Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Friday the 13th, or uh, Halloween, um, all those good slasher ones are, you know, you can't go wrong with any of those uh, older classics. Um, You know, check out you know, check out some of your streaming services especially netflix you know they don't always hit it out of the park but sometimes they make a movie that's like really good um the last one i saw it was a few years ago when it uh when it came out but it was called the ritual and you know it was about all these guys that get stuck in this forest in the middle of like norway or something and uh, they have to deal with like this weird cult and this monster in it and the monster that they have in there. who whoever designed that did a fantastic job. Um, it, it was that was a great one uh, to see uh, to be a part of. Um, uh, so that's kind of it for movies uh, and everything. as far as books go, um, I've read a, a couple of... Uh, sort of horror movie books out there most of them have been sort of sci-fi dystopian kind of things but some of them you couldn't call horror um something wicked this way comes by ray bradbury it's kind of a a nice light fun one i guess uh, it's definitely dark there's definitely a lot of dark and foreboding stuff about it um and the, you know the plot and characters come across really good um there and so i would definitely recommend it it's the story about Uh, A couple of best friends who are witness to this sort of supernatural-looking carnival that comes to town. And uh, when it's here, a bunch of mysterious happenings and disappearances and changes uh, begin to occur uh, to their town. And, you know, they try to team up to stop it, Um, you know, while also maintaining themselves and their own sanity, I guess. Um, that's a good one. Again, Salem's Lot by Stephen King. Honestly, anything by Stephen King uh, can be a really good horror stuff. But I read Salem's Lot. Um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's a really good traditional vampire story. Uh, it, it has a bit of a slow burn at the start, but he builds up the suspense and all the characters. And, you know, he, he does a good job of making the town that this event occurs in a character instead of just, you know, the one or two main characters uh that revolves around um this story. A lot of great uh twists and turns and everything, a lot of good um horror stuff in there. Um and then of course I as I said a couple episodes ago, I just finished the terror. That's more historical fiction. Um there isn't a whole lot of horror and stuff in there. It's more of I guess suspense. Uh, but there are some pretty good spooks that I think you can get out of it. More, more dread than anything. Um, but that, that's also a good one. Uh, as far as video games, if any of you are gamers out there or are interested in uh, gaming and the stories that are in them, there are tons of horror stuff that you can check out. Of course, I said uh, the Resident Evil 7 Biohazard game. Uh, that's a really good one. It is one that pays homage to a lot of uh, traditional horror genres, uh, specifically the slasher, the more biological, and then the more kind of psychopathic uh, trap setter vibe. That one is... Uh, uh, that one. It's a really good one. And then the more recent one that they just came out with, which was Resident Evil 8, which is the village. Um, that is a great one it covers uh, again it covers a lot of other stuff it covers more covers a bit of vampire and werewolves it covers the sort of um, sadistic scientific tinkerer type uh, with all of his machines there's a bit more of a uh, there's a bit more of a monster feel from one of the villains and then another villain uh, takes a lot of the uh, creepy doll um psychological horror aspect to it. So definitely check out the some of the more recent Resident Evil games. Those are very good. Um, there's also a, a couple of games out there called The Evil Within. Those are very much, uh, they're very much set in um, psychological horror um, as well as standard like um, as standard zombies. Um, as well as uh, kind of supernatural, but everything has to, everything takes place in, in the mind. Um, and so it's uh, it has' it's great scares, great story, um, by the end, uh, great action and everything like that. So I definitely uh, recommend that. And also one um, which some people call would call it a horror uh, video game. Other people would not. Um, I'm going to put the Bioshock series out there, specifically Bioshocks 1 and 2. Um, These are, I very much consider those to be um, more on the horror side. They kind of fall into the sort of dystopian and uh, psychopathic killer side of things. Uh, It's a very great premise. Um, It takes place in the city of rapture, which is this sort of, I like to say a libertarian, uh, Ayn Rand paradise city, um, underneath, uh, the, like in the ocean, like at the bottom of the ocean. Um, very great, uh, a little, a little bit, um, a little bit sort of utopia dystopia kind of thing little science fiction or supernatural here and there, um, but nothing too out of the ordinary. but it it hits a lot of those horror notes, especially things like uh, the isolation, the being stalked by uh, the being stalked by enemies, um, you know, all all that kind of stuff. Again, some people wouldn't really call it a horror uh, thing. I definitely think there are some scary parts to it so, Anyway, yep, that's it for me. And I think that'll do it for this episode. So thank you all so much for listening. Um, I, funny little story. I tried to get this show on uh, Google and iTunes and it was such a headache uh, and such a failure that I just gave up and said, screw it. I'm already on Spotify. Uh, and, you know, hopefully I can grow. I can still continue to grow through there. So if you do listen to this, and you think someone you know would like it, please pass it along. Share it with whoever you know. Um, I would love to keep doing this for you people. Uh, so, yep, you're, you can still find me on Spotify. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, talkswithterry at gmail.com. Uh, that's a great way to do it. Again, I'm also on Twitter. Uh, I believe it's at uh, T with T pod, uh, or the T with T podcast. Um, official talks with Terry Twitter page. Not much has gone on there, but that's probably where I'll be posting any important updates, uh, with what the show is going and when, uh, what the episodes are going to be doing. Uh, and again, feel free to reach out for me and give me any sort of, uh, feedback, constructive criticism as always taken. And if there is a topic you want to hear about, whether it is a sort of monthly topic that you want me to dedicate a whole month to or it's a very specific topic that you want me to cover for a, a specific week during one of those months then feel free to shoot it my way and I will do my best to research it and hopefully do it some justice for you but you know thank you for the people who have been listening uh it's you know this is always a great thing for me to do it's always great to just you know, talk my ear off and get some ideas out there and maybe people uh, enjoy listening to. So I hope you all are having a nice uh, spooky season out there. I hope it doesn't uh, disappear too quickly for you um, with the holidays fast approaching us. And, you know, can't wait for uh, November and December to be full of Christmas music, uh, I guess. But, as long as you're here, you know, keep enjoying all the spooky stuff. Thank you so much for listening to Talks with Terry. I will talk to you guys on the next episode. Have a good one.